Well, good morning, one and all. Thanks for uh, taking some time to join us this morning here on the Wealth Guardian Radio Show. Bryce uh, Payne is uh, with me as always in the studio. Bryce, good morning. How are you? It's a beautiful and glorious day, Doug. I am doing well. How about yourself? I can't complain either. You know, as long as we can get up and do this show, I'm I'm a happy camper. Oh, you complain all the time. Who are you kidding? <laughs> you get to know me pretty well after a couple of years, don't you? <laughs> Well, everybody's good out there. Folks, hope you're doing well out there as well. Uh, Doug, before we get started here on our subject of Social Security for today's show, let's go ahead and take a minute and do our uh, tribute to our uh, first responders and servicemen and women and their families out there. Folks, we know that you do a lot for this country and for us and our families, and we want to just take a moment and thank you and your families for everything that you do and all the sacrifices that you make. Doug, thank you for your service as well. well you're more than welcome, and folks, we do appreciate you and those folks that are forward deployed godspeed to you bring it home soon absolutely well you know bryce we're getting into that time of the year where it's time to crank up uh, our first social security workshop of the new year we haven't done one since november is that how long it's been yeah I, i enjoy doing them there's a lot of good information out there people always seem to when they come to them walk away with a lot of helpful information so i enjoy doing them well you know with uh 10,000 boomers turning 65 every day. We've got kind of a, uh, a continuing supply of folks thirsting <laughs> for that Social Security knowledge. As long as people are out there being born, 65 years later, there's going to be people out there who need to go to a Social Security seminar. That's that's exactly right. So um, we're going to talk about Social Security on this show today because I know there's a few of you that are getting in the zone wondering uh, – you know, when should I file? You know, you can file as early as 62 or you can wait as long as 70. What's the optimal thing to do? But we're going to talk about that in our workshop coming up on uh, March 10th and 12th. So more details on that to come later. Uh, Bryce, let me ask you something. Go ahead. What do you do? Say you're at a party or something like that and somebody comes up to you and says, you know, man, I'm I hear you guys talking about Social Security all the time on the radio, but I'm really concerned I'm not going to be able to get my social security because i hear these things well the i hear the underlying concern you and i hear that all the time doug that's probably the number one concern when somebody is considering how to file it's one of the main factors that they consider so one i would i try to dispel the myth and i've thought about this how do i dispel that myth as quickly and cleanly as possible but what i say to people is i want you to imagine there's a senator or the representative that wants to cut Social Security benefits and go back home to their district and have a town hall. Who is going to be the representative or senator who's going to do that? They're not going to make any changes to Social They're not going to cut Social Security for anybody out there who's about to file or is going to file in the next five or so years. They might make changes to my benefits 15 years down the road, but they're not going to be making changes to anybody who's really thinking about it now. So that's the way I approach it, Doug. How do you approach it? Well, I think pretty much the same way. I mean, it is a political hot potato. There's no question about it. But if you dig deeper and you really look at the situation of Social Security, how it's financed, there's some things that they can do that are really rather easy that I think will fix Social Security in the long run. Oh, yeah. You know, one of them is to increase the income cap. Now, that's going to put, you know, obviously more taxation on higher income earners. But I see that as an easy political football to kick down the, the field, so to speak. 
Uh, the other one that's been kicked around is extend uh, the age for uh, full retirement age benefits. Which they keep doing. Which they keep doing. You know, right now it's 67. I could easily see it going to 68, 69, maybe even 70. It was originally 65. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so there, there, and there's some other ones out there as well. There's the means testing that uh, Chris Christie brought up uh, when he was uh, running for president. Uh, they can always adjust the uh, what's called the uh, Amy so that uh, the growth or how they factor what your benefits are are whittled down a little bit based on how much you contributed or how much you earned. But there's a number of different ways. Yeah, absolutely, Doug. But uh, I don't think it should be a real concern. I know that it shouldn't be a real concern for anybody out there wondering, should I file now or should I wait a few more years or should I have filed you know, last year? Don't let that be one of your considerations, folks. There's a lot of other things out there to consider besides that. Absolutely. They really are. And, you know, before you join me, I've been doing these Social Security workshops for decades. Oh, a long time. <laughs> uh, not decades, but I think it's getting close to being a decade. But during that period of time, we have got some really very interesting case studies. Yeah. Uh, actual yeah. actual situations that, that evolved. And I remember you telling me one that you actually worked on before you joined our firm, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Why don't you tell the folks about that? Well, there was a, uh, a woman um, when I worked, like you said, where I worked previously, and uh, she filed for Social Security. And then realized because she was still working, it's like, no, maybe I don't want to file for Social Security yet. I didn't realize that they withheld some of my money based on my earned income. And she went back to the Social Security office and says, you know what? I've changed my mind. I want to suspend my benefits. And so then she came to us years later and wanted to file for Social Security. And we typed into our system. You know, we have some great software programs and uh, said, okay, well, this is the way that you want to file to get the most money that you're entitled to. And... uh, Suddenly, when she went to the Social Security office to try to file that way, there was a problem. And we was like, well, there shouldn't be a problem. And what we came to realize was that she said her specific words to the Social Security was, I want to suspend my benefits. Well, what she meant to say, and she would have no way of knowing what the proper terminology here was. This isn't her, her wheelhouse. She should have said, I want to stop my benefits. But all she did was suspend them which had, unfortunately, a huge impact on what her future benefits were going to be for her. She thought she was continuing to have those benefits grow. We tried to petition. Uh, I helped her write a letter to Social Security admin saying, you know, I'm her Pfizer. This is not what she meant to say. You can understand how she would use one wrong word over the other. She was willing to pay back the benefits that she had received, and they would not hear it. And uh, unfortunately, that cost her quite a bit in Social Security benefits. It didn't devastate her retirement plans, but it certainly didn't help them by any means. And it's just the importance of having a, uh, a professional, somebody like you or myself, Doug, who's uh, certified with the National Social Security Association. You got somebody like that on your side who can tell you exactly what the terminology is that you use. She just used one wrong word. She used suspend instead of stop. Yeah, and that's, you know, the Social Security office cannot give advice. They're not allowed to. So that's all the more reason uh, to seek competent advice because, you know, Bryce, you and I work as fiduciaries. And, folks, what that means is, by law, we have to work in your best interest. So if you're if you're curious, if you're interested about your situation, uh, I want to offer you a second opinion to come in and sit down with Bryce and I and, you know, not only are we going to do a Social Security report, a full optimization report for you, but we're going to do a full-blown written retirement income plan that includes an evaluation of risk, fees. Uh, we're going to build out an income roadmap so that you know the rest of your life, where your money's coming from. It's mathematically proven. 
so that you can feel good about retirement and and not worry about where that next paycheck comes from. So if you're interested in that, give us a call at 336-391-3409. And Doug, as you said, no cost, no obligation for for that. And uh, there's a lot of helpful information in there aside from just looking at Social Security and other income sources. We analyze your risk and we uh, take a look at your current portfolio versus any recommendations we might make to see uh, where the pros and cons are and how much better retirement could be for you if you made some tweaks and adjustments to your portfolio and your income sources. You know, Bryce, the Social Security Administration has made changes in the way you can file. They started this about uh, several years ago in the Obama administration. And right now, uh, it limits filing strategies. But my question to you is, do we always recommend to somebody that comes and sees us to delay filing as long as possible? Well, you're, it's a trick question because you use the word always. So <laughs> yeah, when, whenever you say the word always, folks, the answer is always no. Uh, no, we do not always recommend that. There's a lot of other factors that go into what your optimized or best filing strategy is. And there is no always in our field under any circumstances. Now, do we generally recommend that? Well, that's generally the way that it works out best for you when it comes to Social Security alone is delaying as long as possible. But there are other factors that you have to consider. There's a lot of other factors that you have to consider. Um, How long you plan on working, your marital status. There can be nuances in that. The age difference between you and your spouse can uh, be a factor in whether or not you file now or what filing strategies you use. And the income difference between you and your spouse also can make a huge difference in what your uh, filing strategy is. So in short, no, Doug, we don't always recommend that. Well, my favorite answer to all these questions is, it it depends. depends. (laughs) Actually, we just had a situation where we had clients in doing an annual review, and originally we had planned for them to wait till 70, but circumstances has changed along the way, and now it looks like the best filing for them is going to be to file at uh, somewhere around full retirement age. Right. So it depends, right? It depends. Every time. (laughs) It's an easy answer. If only that was on all the ACT tests, then I would have been at Harvard. Amen to that. So, got a few more minutes left here. Um, One more quick question for you. What other reliable income streams besides Social Security can people create or can we create for people, especially if they don't have a pension? Yeah, that's a tough one, Doug. Um, I mean, we do have our strategies, but again, that can be a really complex answer that... It depends. It it depends. (laughs) I mean, there are some general strategies out there, but I'd say that the main thing that you want to consider is that from age 20 to age 60, you've been focusing on the growth of your accounts. And once you, once the paychecks stop and once you've retired, you want to focus on the income from your account. So it's not so much the assets that you have, but it's how much income you can generate from those assets. And you, I know I've I've learned that from you, but I, you know, everybody who's a fiduciary and specializes in retirement planning will tell you that as well. But uh, you, what do you say to that, Doug? Well, it depends. No, <laughs> seriously, though, it, it, it does. I mean, it, that's why we bring in uh, our prospective clients and sit down and we do this thorough analysis for you. Because if it's just a one or two meeting approach on a single piece of paper, that's not a thorough retirement plan. You have to have several meetings. We have to get down into the nitty gritty with you. 
and learn your situation. We want to know what your goals are. In other words, we want to know your situation inside and out so we can create not only an income stream that's going to last you the rest of your life, but a tax-efficient one as well. Very important. Very important. Okay, folks, we're about to cut to our break here, but I do want to throw out the uh, trivia question for the day since we're talking about Social Security. Ida Mae Fuller was the first recipient of the Social Security check back in January 31st, 1940. Doug, that was just 80 years ago, just last uh, two weeks ago. What was her first Social Security check? Was it $22.54? Was it $82.54? Was it $142.54? Or was it $202.54? We will come back to you after the break with that answer. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Wealth Guardian Show with Doug Ray and Bryce Payne, serving you in the triad and beyond. Let's get back to the show. And welcome back to The Wealth Guardian's radio show. For you listeners out there who are five to seven years from retirement and you want to confirm that you're making the best decisions for your retirement, well, good news. We offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can retire the job yet keep the paycheck. Just give us a call at 336-391-3409. That number again is 336-391-3409. Now, before the break, we left you with a trivia question. Ida Mae Fuller was the first recipient of the Social Security check back in January 31st, 1940, 80 years ago. So my question to you was, what was the value of that check? Was it $22.54? Was it $82.54, $142.54, or $202.54? Doug, I'm going to give you a clue. It ends in 54 cents. <laughs> Which one of those was it? Uh, do I have to answer? Well, no, you don't have to. <laughs> Folks, it's $22.54. That's what the very first Social Security check was. And so here's a little follow-up question to that. What was $22.54 back in 1940 worth in today's dollars? Doug, you don't know the answer to this one. Is it, is it $174, $294, $414, or $604? I'm going to guess. I'll give, you, I'll give you the numbers again. So it was $22.54 back in 1940. Today that would be worth $174, $294, $414, or 604. It's going to be either 414 or 604. Well, it is 414. Okay. I, again, I wish I could have answered multiple times on an ACT test like that. It's either A or C. <laughs> doesn't yeah, work like that. It's, it's amazing. The, you know, Einstein said compound interest is uh, the eighth wonder of the world, and it really, it really can be. It absolutely can be. Okay, so we were talking about Social Security, and uh, you know, we do have an uh, upcoming Social Security seminar coming up. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But now that we've got the trivia question out of the way, Doug, i got a question for you. Sure. Do you find that most people want to start their Social Security as soon as they can at 62, or are most people inclined to wait and get a bigger benefit? That's a good question. You know, we have literally worked with, by this time, thousands of people. Every week. Yeah, yeah, in the in the triad down in the Charlotte area with their claiming strategies. And um, I think what I have found over the years is most people lean towards filing early. And if you think about it, it makes sense because you logically would assume that if you start early at 62, you live a long life, you're going to take more money out of the system. 
Well, that's not mathematically true. That's right. And we show people that. We've got the software. And there's a lot of um, things that one has to think about in terms of a filing strategy. And obviously, the delayed credits is what we're talking about. Those delayed credits, they average about 7.5% per year from 62 to 70 plus cost of living adjustments. So the bottom line is for the vast majority of married couples, unless they have a, a fairly large age difference, the break-even age for those folks is about 78. And what, I'm, what I mean there is regardless of if you file early or you wait till 70, by the time you hit 78 years of age, you'll have taken the same amount of dollars out of the system. So if you live longer, if you live longer, then you're going to benefit from the system by filing late because you'll be taking more dollars out and you'll be getting those cost of living adjustments every single year as well. Yeah. But like I said earlier, there's a lot of things that have to go into that calculation. You know, I think one uh, one one big thing is need. Yes. You know, if yes. you if you got to have the money to live on, then get it. Take right. it. Right. You know, the sad fact is, and I, I, I say the statistics at all the public talks I give, it, over 50% of Americans 65 years of age have less than $10,000 set aside for retirement. Is, so those folks are going to need it. Is that not sad? That's, that is, that is that's sad. unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Well, the way the question was posed, do you find that most people want to start their Social Security as soon as they can at 62, or are most people inclined to wait? I think I find, Doug, uh, that it's really neither of those. It's that they want to file Social Security as soon as they retire. And that's where the need comes in, because that's when the paycheck stops and people view Social Security is the replacement of the paycheck. Of course, it only replaces about 40% of the paycheck in most cases. But as we, we would let you know, is that there are other filing strategies besides just 62 or upon retirement that might work in your best interest. So folks, uh, if uh, this topic here is interesting to you and you feel like you want to learn more about it and you're approaching that time where you're starting to wonder, do I file for Social Security now or in a few years or wait as long as possible? Well, the good news is, is that we do have a Social Security seminar coming up. It's on two dates. It's uh, Tuesday, March 10th and Thursday, March 12th. And so if uh, you are interested in attending either of those, it's about an hour long seminar. Uh, you can give us a call at 336-391-3409. Again, that number is 336-391-3409. We're going to give you all the information that you could possibly need to know about Social Security Bear in mind, Doug and I both are certified with the National Social Security Association, so we've got a little bit of education and experience under our belts on this topic. And I will throw in this as far as when to file. Doug, we had a case here um, about a year and a half ago, maybe it, was, maybe it was two years now, where a couple came in here. They were not technically married. They had both been married before. And they had both been married mm, for, over, this case now. for over 10 years. They had each been married, but they weren't married to each other. And uh, they were now about uh, 67 or so, and they were thinking that they were ready to file for Social Security. They were going to stop working, and they just wanted to check with us. Well, they didn't volunteer that information that they had both been married previously, but because we're certified, we knew that that was a key question to ask. And then when we asked them, they said, uh, yeah, we were both married. 
Now, you and I kind of looked at each other like, hmm, okay, we got to do a little bit more digging here. Well, folks, as it turns out, neither of them were aware of something called ex-spousal benefits, which means you can file off of your ex-spouse starting as early as age 62. It's not always the best thing to do, but you can. And uh, if, as long as you weren't married yourself again before a certain age, and they were never aware of this. Well, Doug and I did the math, and we asked them about what their earnings were of their ex-spouses, and folks... If you're not sitting down, sit down. Because what we calculated for them is they unfortunately had missed out on those last so many years, both of them combined, over $100,000 in Social Security benefits that they were not aware that they were eligible for. They were just thinking of filing off of their own benefits, and they never heard of ex-spousal benefits. So, again, there's a lot of nuances to filing for Social Security that somebody like Doug and myself can help you uh, figure out. And by the way, they can't go back retroactively and get that money, can they? Well, maybe about three months, but that's it. There's three months of it, yeah. Yeah, that's about all that they'll let you do. Yeah, that's. Uh, I hate giving news out like that, Doug. Well, I tell you, that brings to mind another case I had shortly after I started doing these workshops, and it was on the tail end of the Great Recession. I guess this was about '09. Uh, it was a, a divorcee that came to me who had just been laid off. She went to one of these workshops, and she had no idea that there was this thing called divorce spousal benefits. So we went to town, did the work for her, and sure enough, discovered she was entitled to roughly $1,100 a month in divorce spousal benefits. And uh, so we got her to go file for those, and obviously that was at a time of her life where she really needed it. There was one little problem. What was that? Her husband, or ex-husband, yeah. she, they'd been divorced long enough that she d- didn't have his Social Security number. Uh-huh. So he didn't want to cough it up because he was afraid sure. that her filing for benefits off of him was going to reduce his benefits. Well, that doesn't happen. It doesn't make a difference to him whatsoever. Not a bit. So we finally convinced him of it. She got the number, filed for her her divorce spousal benefits, and then started collecting. So that... That made me feel good. We helped somebody out there. Yeah. So. I mean, we help people out all the time. But yeah, absolutely. All right, Doug, let's go ahead and take the next one here. Go ahead and explain to us some of the changes that have happened with Social Security over the past few years, because there have been some significant changes in the last, uh, what, five years or so. Well, there really have been. There's been changes all along with, with Social Security, but the biggest one that occurred right before the end of the Obama administration is they did away with this thing called file and suspend. Which was key. It was a huge, that was a huge benefit for people. It, it was a big benefit. And the Obama administration at that time said that uh, they thought that only the uh, the well-to-do were taking advantage of it. Now, file and suspend was a situation where the primary worker could file for benefits, but suspend, then allow the spouse to come in and, and collect spousal benefits while both of their work record benefits continue to grow and, and collect the, the delayed credits. And I'll have to tell you, uh, I didn't find, I mean, we helped hundreds of folks do a file and suspend sure. over the years. Oh, yeah. I didn't find it was all the the swell to-dos that that did that strategy. We had lots of teachers, firemen, police officers, factory workers. The regular uh, Joes. Regular folks doing this. And let me tell you who it hurts the worst. If you remember, the, the survivor benefit is the surviving spouse 
gets the higher of the two benefits. Well, typically, folks, in our society, our wives outlive us. So they are the surviving spouse. And typically, because they took time out of their work life to raise a family, their benefits are lower than ours. So they naturally get the husband's benefit. Now, that file and suspend enabled that husband's benefit to grow, grow, to maximize so that that widow could one day have the most benefit she could possibly get. So that's who it really hurt the that, most. That's a good way of explaining it. And I know this is a complicated subject. There's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, but, you know, Doug, I don't know if you know this, but the most uh, complex instrument that was ever designed by humans, do you know what that was? What was that? It was actually the space shuttle. I was going to say, it had to do something with a rocket. Yeah, I wonder now, I heard that before the super collider was completed, so it might be the super collider. But anyway, at one point, it was at least the uh, space shuttle. But I would say coming in a close second is Social Security. Yeah, yeah, one of right. the most complex uh, things we've ever devised. But uh, folks, uh, again, we're, we're getting close to the end of the uh, half hour here, so we do want to thank you for listening. But let me remind you again that we do have a Social Security seminar coming up. It's our first one of the year, so if you're around that age where you're starting to wonder, do I file now, do I file later well we would help you figure out that answer so you can come you just got to give us a call and register there's no cost or no obligation for attending it's 336-391-3409 is our number and doug what's that number again i'd say it's called 336-391-3409 or on the wealth guardians Com. WealthGuardians.com is how you can reach us. So we do do the seminar a couple times a year. This is our first one of 2020. We're looking forward to it. And if uh, you are at that age, we hope to see you there. Folks, it's been a pleasure talking to you for this last half hour. We hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And we will catch up with you again next weekend on the Wealth Guardians radio show.